Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Well, hello, and welcome along to part two of My Mate Bought a Toast of the Best of, seasons four and five. It's a catchy title. Don't you think? Hope you enjoyed today's episodes. Loads more great bits and bobs uh, from the last couple of seasons. And uh, thanks again to the wonderful Ralph Foster uh, who put this together. Hope your ears and brain and soul appreciate all the loveliness of people's Amazon purchase history. I'll have a quick, I'll jump up at the end and, and, and say bye. But for now, enjoy the show. Oh, I need a laugh. There's a helping people. Don't pass talking to these funny people. He's asking what they find and they're telling the stories. Can somebody yell out the name of the show, please? It's my mate, Water Toaster. Oh, it's my mate, Water Toaster. Yeah, yeah, it's my mate, Water Toaster. Oh, oh, Toaster, Mom, I love Thank God, Toaster. Hello, welcome along. This is yet another episode of My Mate Water Toaster. My name's Tom Price, and my guest today is the fabulous comedian Ahir Shah. Ahir, hello, welcome. Hello. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. How's it going? Good, thank you. Very good indeed. Uh, We should point out straight away, you've had a lovely pre-pod croissant. How was that? Extremely soft. Was it? Actually, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was, uh, there wasn't time to warm it up. uh, So, you know, that that was a concern. Um, But it really, no, the the people of France know what they're doing on that front. Um, All right, listen, uh, let's dive in, shall we, here? We're going to go into your your Amazon account. We're going to go right back uh, to the beginning, all right? So I'm looking Mm. here at uh, August 2010. Yes, so that would have been the summer break after my first year of university. Okay, right, where were you at university? Cambridge. Very nice, very nice. Uh, and how was year one? Because some people have a bit of a wobble in year one. Were you in a kind of, this is the best thing that's ever happened to me moment, or were you not? Uh, no, I, I, I was very much in the, this is the best thing that's ever happened. I mean, I sort of, well, I, I went to my local comprehensive in northwest London, uh, and that's the sort of world that I knew existed. And then suddenly 18-year-old me was transported into this place where I got to live in a castle with a pub in it. Like, that's why would that not be amazing? Oh, my God. You be, you basically go and live in a National Trust property, don't you, when you go there? <laughs> Yeah, and like all of the all of the people who went to like very fancy schools and what have you, I was like, well, you're missing out on the full impact of this because yeah, yeah, to yeah. you, this is just like, oh yeah, well, obviously everywhere looks like this. Like my house looks like this, so why would it not? But I would imagine. Whereas I'm like, that's stone. What? <laughs> I would imagine that if I had got to such a place as that, I would just spend the, the first year just looking at just like a gas. Do you know what I mean? Like a gas. Did you feel? Did you feel like, yeah, I deserve to be here. This is all good. Or were you just going, they've made a terrible mistake? <laughs> yeah, you should always feel that they've made a terrible mistake. That's yeah. a... <laughs> yeah, it's a, good, it's a good approach to life. Um, all right, fine. Well, talking of approaches to life and philosophies, uh, we have got, on the 22nd of August 2010, uh, mm-hmm. we've got a whole bunch of things bought here. The Myth of Sisyphus... Uh, by someone called uh, Albert Camus. He sounds great, mm-hmm. Albert. It sounds a bit like Albert yeah. Camus. But, um, Old Albie Cams. Albie Cams. Um, 
And we've got also George Orwell books v cigarettes, both part of the Penguin Great Ideas theory uh, uh, series. Yeah. Um, tell us more. Uh, well, this is exactly the sort of thing uh, that uh, pseudo intellectual nineteen year old would uh, want to have. In that, like, they they feel particularly when you're that like you're like, well, this is very clever uh, <laughs> that, I, that I've got these, and fundamentally, it's just like a little pamphlet. Uh, yes, uh, it's uh, it's uh, it's it's uh, the the return to uh, the return to effort ratio is very strong, mm. uh, and. Then yeah, I could you know stand around with my rollies uh, discussing <laughs> the fact that one must imagine Sisyphus happy, uh, and so is not it, really know. Which is the Sisyphus one? Is that the flying too close to the sun or not? That's Icarus. Uh, Icarus. Ah, oh, mm. you. No wonder I went to Warwick. For God's <laughs> sake. Which one's Sisyphus? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, no, no. My my sister, my sister went to Warwick as well, and she's constantly being like, "Ah, oh, here, stop flying too close to the sun, like Sisyphus." <laughs> it's, I don't have the heart to tell her. <laughs> it's a Warwick thing. It's a Warwick thing. Yeah, and it's like my my brother in law went to Warwick as well, so she, he's backing her up. <laughs> I've got nowhere to go. <laughs> Listen, mate, you can take your castle in the sky. We had a fucking art centre. Yeah, so <laughs> I've, I've been to that art centre. Yeah, I've, I'm I've sure both, you have. I've both been when I was visiting my sister, um, and I've performed there. A, ni- a nice moment, is that? A- yeah, yeah, yeah. Really, because my sister's eight years older than me, so it was oh, okay. like going up to visit her was like you know her being at university was like the most grown up thing yes. that you could possibly imagine. Yes. Um, so when I was like. Yeah, like 11 when I went to Warwick Art Centre and uh, we went to see something like a, a physical, it was like a physical theatre uh, sort of thing. And it was it was really cool. Yeah. Um, like uh, the sort of thing that you sort of really appreciate as a child uh, and then feel sort of scary and like, oh no, will I understand that? That's something the older that you get, yeah, uh, yeah, and everything. But when you're a kid, you're just like, oh yeah, just, sure, this is happening. Cool, why not? Um, <laughs> let, it, let it all in. But the, I had the same thing here. So I've got two brothers who are eight and ten years older than me, and ah. the youngest one by a mile always ends up being the show off. This is what happens to us. <laughs> right. Okay. So in many ways, so this entire discussion is just. Uh, us rehashing sort of all of the uh, sort of inevitable mental consequences of our parents fucking late. Yeah. I mean, I see it now when my second kid, I don't give a shit about my second one. I put, I put, <laughs> I put all the effort and imagination into the first one and he plays beautifully. The second one just sits on the screen. I'm like, fuck, so I must have been totally neglected. What's the what's the gap between the two of them? Yeah, I'd love to say it was, a, it was, a, it was only three and a half years. Just Right, okay. <laughs> I've got but a very no, short my mother, my mother said exactly the same thing, that she was like, when, when your sister was a baby... Yeah. They're like, God, like if she took the slightest knock from anything and what have you, you're like, oh my God, this is awful. Uh, and like, what can we do? Really need to protect this uh, thing and make sure, like, and be as attentive as we possibly can. And then eight years older, I come along and apparently they were like, yeah, they basically just bounce. You can just dribble them <laughs> around the place. Like, that'll be, that'll be fine. It's, it's like your first child you see as a kind of, uh, as a raw egg out the fridge and you can't imagine dropping it. And then someone whispers in your ear, actually, it's hard boiled. So by this. <laughs> By the time the ne- next one's come along, you're like, thunk, 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 thunk. It's fine, it's fine, don't worry about it. It's terrible, mate, it's completely terrible. Um, 
Um, all right, here we go. 7th of September 2008. And the last thing you want to do is fill your tiny room with more tat. Yeah, but the, here we go. The pirate telescope set, hotly followed by the adult pirate hat, hotly followed by the pirate costume uh, feather parrot, hotly followed by a pirate cutlass, an eye patch, and a pirate hook. My question to you is were you dressing as a pirate? Well, my question to you is have you ever heard the phrase barge trip? Keep talking. Well, let's let's be very sensible here. Okay. This must be September the what? Fifth. Seventh? Yeah. This was um Alex Horn's thirtieth birthday. Oh yeah. He went on a barge trip, you know, on a sort of the River yeah. Lee. You dressed as a pirate, didn't you? For the Um Mm-hmm. I mean, I can. I know where a photo is of this. Yeah, if you want to. Yeah, I'll if just you, show you. Hang on one it's second. your time you're wasting. I'm happy with that. So Tim's just walked off. He's now not living in a box room anymore. Oh. Oh wow! So. So that is. Um, Oh, that's delightful. You were both dressed as pirates. We were all dressed as pi- pirates and, um, you know, it was, it was one of the great barge trips. I mean, why um, I've bought a child's telescope, I don't know. But, I mean, I suppose it's sort of that attention to detail that sort of, um, because, you know, sets you apart on a barge. But also, if you're going to be a pirate, you've got to, you've got to, actually, the body language of a pirate is doing that with a telescope, isn't it? It comes so you may as well be You may as well be holding one. It's it's a it's a body language pen, isn't it? Essentially, if you. Gonna... I would say that they are pi- pirates, and I I don't say this lightly. Wrote the book on body language. Mm. Uh, if if you're if if you're mm. if you're miming a occupation, yeah, mm. yeah, exactly. If you're miming an occupation, and yeah. you pull a card that says pirate, yeah. I mean, I am, I'm exultant. I mean, I'm I'm, I'm going through my repertoire. So we've got the sort of the, the the as if you're punching a child of about ten. First of all, is the first one, isn't it? You do the kind of you're hooking. There's like a right hook, isn't it? That's a pirate. Oh uh, right, like, like a yo sort of ho a, ho. Yeah, yo ho ho. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that we'll call that the yo ho ho rather than punching a child. That's there's the nice. yo ho ho. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're forgetting about the. I mean, I'm I'm on one leg immediately. I'm pulling one oh, leg up. Of course. I'm, yeah. Of I'm course. On one, I'm on one leg immediately. I, I'll tell you what, another thing I'm doing. I'm getting my hand up on my shoulder and I'm talking to my parrot. Yes, yes. Well, you've got it. You don't need to use your hand. You've bought a parrot. I've got a parrot, yes. But yeah. I suppose, uh, yeah, yeah. I, I also, I think I'm in, in my repertoire, I'm pulling my sleeve down and getting my hook on. Mm. Um, mm-hmm. I'm also in my repertoire, if I'm miming a pirate, I'm putting a hand over one of my eyes. Yes. So basically, I, I was, I guess this Amazon trip is looking at my repertoire and turning all of my mimes into physical props. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Amazon's made us lazy. That's the thing. You know, you didn't need any of that stuff, but Amazon has made us lazy, so we buy I stuff. know. I could have just bought a, um, a French mime outfit. And, um, <laughs> <laughs> just, that, uh, and then, But then you've got that. Then if you've got a French mime outfit, you've got that available for all fancy dress parties. Yeah, that's true. What have you come as? French mime? No. No, man. No, no. I've, that's my base. Yeah. That's yeah. my base. I'll, sh- I'll show you what I've come as. Mm. Oh, I see. Farmer. Mm. There you go. Exactly. <laughs> oh, 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 my.
my days is so embarrassing I don't remember buying all these silly little strange things I swear on my life I was forced by my wife with an ABBA pen knife that I bought on ABBA wait, wait a minute Ronnie Ancona welcome to my airport toaster first of all before we actually dive into your um, Amazon account how was it uh, going through it. Have you had a sort of look before we, we've recorded this? Have you had a little look through? I had a, I had a, a little, a little look, and mm. was pretty appalled by the content Excellent. of yes. uh, of my brain, which never ceases to horrify me. Yes. I, you know how everybody says as you get older that you you become at peace with yourself. I'm always <laughs> listening to people going, oh, you know, oh no, the one thing, the good thing about getting older and middle age is that you kind of know who you are. No. <laughs> and after looking through the Amazon, clearly not. Yeah. I'm looking at it going. Which sad fucker yeah. <laughs> would have thought that? Um, okay, uh, let's see what else we've got here. Oh, oh look at this! Yes, the November 2018. Way. Two things very close to each other. You bought the artist way, of course, yes. in discovering and recovering your creative self. Yes. The day before, you bought an Audrey Hepburn, uh, Holly Go Lightly Breakfast at Tiffany's uh, costume. Slightly tragic. That is because a very good friend of mine, who is extremely well connected, it was her a big birthday, and. I was made to do the birthday speech and she wanted me to, it was a fancy dress party and she wanted me to come as Audrey Hepburn and start the speech off as Audrey Hepburn. Although I didn't continue the whole speech as Audrey Hepburn. And rather alarmingly, there were lots of comics at this party. So I just kept on looking around and then, even though they're all friends of mine, you know, I saw Joe Brown going, oh, my God, are you going to do this speech? <laughs> Rather you than me. And everybody was going, you know, so, um, it, you know, everybody was getting quietly pissed in the corner and I had Comics to are tough go up. Comics well. tough crowd Tough crowd, I know, tough mm. crowd. Mm. So um, I um, <clears throat> did Audrey, of course, my darling angels, and... Um, uh, actually, that didn't, she didn't. She didn't sound her best then, did she? No, I, she sounded pretty good to me, to be honest. Spot on. Can't tell you. Spend a whole day doing things with you. Of course, I've never done it. Yeah, dear Audrey. And and then I did the speech with um, where I managed to slag off the birthday girl inadvertently quite well. Oh wow! It was what quite did you embarrassing. Do? No, again, she said, please, please be very punchy. She said. Oh God. You so went too I did, spicy. but no, I wasn't punchy. But again, it was a kind of you know, she's mm. very social, and she. What does that mean, very social? What is that a euphemism for? No, what do she's you mean? wonderful, but she she goes to openings and everything, and and all the time, and you know, I sort of made some historical comparison that through history she'd have to be where it's at all I the see. time, like at the Last Supper. Right. I, I've got to go. It's his last supper. Or the Ides of March. I've got to go. And as I was going through these, I realised, ooh, this is actually could be vaguely insulting, but people did laugh. It's quite depressing when you have a when you have a, a comedy riff like that, which is brilliant, and you have like nine lined up in your head and you've got sort of two in. Two and in and going, you can't go. I know, and you've <laughs> like got shit. and you're like, no, you've got but seven more guys. And then as a comic, I mean you're actually thinking it's a toss-up between your friend's feelings and thinking, but this is a good one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The fifth one is good. But you're going to lose her as a friend. No, I know. And that would be really sad. But wait till you hear about me and the Roman. Yeah, I know. It's it's a tricky wicket. No, um, but she's a very close friend of her mine. This is a very shit question, and I apologise in advance. But I don't really, because I'm interested. What is the, the impression which you enjoy doing the most? Is it Audrey? Um... 
Well, it depends time. I mean, I'm not doing that many impressions at the moment, really, per se. So I did do, I, actually, that's two years ago, I was doing masses of impressions because I was asked, specifically asked to do, because people often ask, who are you doing at the moment? Mm. And that's, you know, unless you actually specifically doing something that you need impressions for, that would make you a real sad fucker that you go, oh, <laughs> now which C-list celebrity shall I learn today? You know, that is, you can't go down that route. Right. How, however, I do love doing, um, my favourite at the moment is Olivia Colman. And I do teach actresses how to do other impressions as well and other actresses. So I inadvertently end up deconstructing what they do Yes. So, Please, I'll give oh you an God, example. So delicious! I'm so happy. Yeah, <laughs> I'll give it a bit more. So, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. so Livia Coleman only ever says things in five words. <laughs> <laughs> last word, very quick. Very quick. So. so she says everything in five words. Last word, very quick. And also, I'm very versatile. <laughs> I I can play the queen, and also I'm a detective. <laughs> Philip, look after the corgis. Body on the beach. <laughs> <laughs> so you notice, I love Olivia Colman. She's brilliant. I mean, she's mm. a national treasure. So everybody loves her. So it's not. Um, although I did have a bit too much to drink at a party recently and did it in front of her agent. Oh who, wow! Yes, yes, Olivia Colman. Yes, she said, "Oh well, maybe I could use you if she's not available." <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, no, she's lovely, actually. Olivia Colman's agent is adorable as well. But uh, you know, it's it's not an insult. It's just that you, you invariably you watch what people are doing, mm. you know, and it's a sort of staccato, you know, very staccato, and you pick up, you know, like that, very quick, very quick. <laughs> this way. Now I can't stop. <laughs> What's the purchase history of this jokester? Stay tuned for my mate for the toaster. Josh Howie. Josh Howie, hello. Hey, mate. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. I was just thinking it's 20 years we've been friends and associates and comrades in comedy. By the way, I did want to say, you're podcast it's the best idea i was so jealous you know what it's like when you see a comic and they do a joke and they, oh that was always out there why couldn't i do you know you there's anger and when i first saw you post about it, i was yeah. just like oh fucking tom you bastard it's such <laughs> a good idea it's so annoying i'm so angry anyway but i'm very happy to be here now thanks mate that's that's very kind of you to say and uh well i'm very glad you're here i've been reading the fantastic uh, new book about the beatles one two three four Oof. What what I find really enjoyable about the book is that um, uh, he keeps going into the people who got left behind. Okay. I'm suggesting you and I, I'm not suggesting for a second you and I have been left behind, but let's be honest, as stand-ups over 20 years, we've seen lots of people come oh, by sure. and go on to huge success. And it's things like uh, Pete Best, who was the drummer in the Beatles for two years. Um, there's another guy who went and drummed for a, a couple of months. And uh, it, it's this... There's a lot of them yeah. who then spent the rest of their lives yeah. sort of spitting every time they saw the Beatles on TV, and I, I, I find that I find that uh, you know I, I think bile management because we're all told not to get jaded and not to be bitter, and there's some people who don't like Mark Olver, lovely boy. He'll always sprint stand up, and he's always like, I'm genuinely happy for people's success, and I, I, I think I'm a psychopath because I can't do that. I'm, I'm the know. hard thing about stand up is that you just sit, you cannot get away from the success of other people. Absolutely, there it's it's. 
everywhere. You're getting on the tube, you're getting anywhere you go, there are posters, you turn on the telly. And 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 combine that with the sort of, I wouldn't say renaissance because it would suggest that it's good, um, uh, but the, the stand-up that's on television now that – and just you flip from one channel to the other, you cannot escape it. Everybody know you've been in a car with somewhere going to Portsmouth <laughs> for a hundred quid or fifty. You know, it's it's yeah. all encompassing, and it's impol- And you know, every time you go into a bookshop, every time anywhere you go, it's just hitting you at your failure. It's not their success yeah. that's hitting you; it's your failure. I think so. I think a few things have genuinely helped having a psychotherapist wife. Number one, right. Uh, Number two is I actually do try and focus. And then I look at some of the stuff and I just think, I don't want to be on that panel show. I don't want to be that. Per- that's not the comedy I would want to choose. That's not what, that's not who I, that's not, you know, yes, the money is nice. But I imagine the fame. The other thing is someone like Jack Whitehall, who we started way after me and got instantly massive, but we're friends with, I'm, I'm friend, friendly with. Um, I remember doing a gig with him about a couple of years ago. And we walked, just we like we left the gig together, walking down the road, like cab stopping, people stop. I mean, he could, it's like eleven o'clock at night. It's he just he has no peace, and I'm sure that's wow. he's happy with that, or that's part of the price to be paid. But that level of fame yeah. is is really is like just is too much. And every interaction you're being judged. You know that thing where people yeah. say, oh, Jack Whitehall's a bit of a, but Jack Whitehall's a bit of a yeah. And you're like, well, you met him once and he was knackered. Yeah, exactly. So um, it's that it's that level of fame where you're being constantly yeah. judged. Yeah, so yeah. go on, number three. Yeah. I'm writing these down. Um, and then having children is a, is a massive mm. uh, thing because that just opens your, rea- the, your world and takes you away from yourself more than anything else. Yes does that, that uh, that's an indication of just how jaded and bitter you were that you had to have 19 children tell us how many kids you've got josh <laughs> i didn't get it with the first two or three so we should say to the listeners that i have five kids so it took by number five i was emotionally stable but it took, the first two or three i was like i'll oh, screw you guys like what are you doing for me what have you done for me lately so it's taken that yes absolutely that's the uh, isn't your first child called fuck you mcintyre Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hello, welcome back to another episode of My Mate Bought a Toaster. Now, this uh, format is a very versatile one. It's a very flexible one. And I've wanted for a while to get a couple onto the podcast. There's loads of people um, who've nearly come on the show uh, who haven't because they share their Amazon accounts with their other halves and they don't want to get their other halves in hot water and blah, blah, blah. Rob Beckett, specifically, I'm looking at you. Anyway, I mentioned to my wife the other day that um, I wanted to get a couple on the show because it would work well. So she then suggested that she comes on the show. Please welcome... This is so weird. This week's guest on My May Bought a Toaster, the Sunday Times best-selling author and mother of my children and co-mortgagee of my house, my wife, Beth Murray. 
Also, I helped you design the format as well. I mean, you came up with the format. It's payback time. Uh, right, then, and then, 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 then. So then we hit December and, um, y- you know, everyone's favourite uh, Christmas musical tropes. Peggy Lee Christmas album, Vince Guaraldi Gr- trio, music of which I use on my magic show. What, Vince Guaraldi? Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's um, Vince Guaraldi was involved in the Peanuts film. Chris- oh, yeah. And there's a piano bit of music, which is a Christmas music, and I play it every Saturday on the radio, and nobody notices that it's Christmas. Um, and also, in December 2001, you bought The Greatest Hits of Madonna, Volume 2. A weird Christmas triumvirate there. Yeah, Peggy Lee, Vince Guaraldi, and Madonna. I just think that shows really interesting, eclectic taste in music. Well, that's true. That's true. Um, it's, worth, it's worth letting uh, these people know your obsession with Christmas. Should we get that underway? Because that, for me, when I first met you, this dogs, we'll get onto that, but Christmas was a very defining part of it. Well, actually, also potty mouth. Harsh. Also big swearer, but also um, Christmas. Tell us about your Christmas obsession. Well, if I could, I think I wouldn't listen to anything but Christmas music all year round. Wow. But kind of light, festive jazz and choral music. Yeah. If I was allowed to. And as it is, I limit it to two months a year, November and December, which I think is very restrained of me. Well, it used to be I didn't let you uh, start until mm. December, but you've you've pushed back. I've pushed. It's a creep. Covid creep. Christmas creep. I think the Covid Christmas creep has been a thing. I think loads of people now, well, like we used to go Christmas tree spotting in the windows. And if you got one in November, that was impressive. And now I think last year we saw one in October, didn't we? Well, they, they're earlier and earlier, but the new thing is to leave them up after Christmas. So we've got friends who mm. are just leaving their tree up forever, which I really applaud. Mm. I couldn't do it myself, but I approve of it. When when Beth says I really apl- applaud, we went for dinner at, at Joel Morris and uh, Julia Rayside's house. That's what I'm thinking of. Yeah, and they still had a Christmas tree up mid-January and Beth literally applauded. Yeah, I was really impressed. <laughs> you clapped a Christmas tree. I like the brass-necked nature of it. He's mm. completely unapologetic. I think he said something like the English Heritage emailed him to tell him not to take <laughs> the Christmas tree Just down. Yeah, you know Steve at the uh, English Heritage? Yeah, him. Yeah, yeah, he yeah. told me. Um, but it's, uh, Christmas is a big thing for you. And maybe that's what, you know, I, I enjoyed tremendously how obsessed you were with Christmas very early on because I love massively love Christmas something we had in common uh, and I thought I was obsessed with Christmas and then I saw you on Christmas Day and I, I, I'll be honest I liked you a bit less <laughs> I'm an only child yeah that's all I can say really so, so tell us what happens on Christmas morning oh it's so embarrassing because it never felt like it was a, a, a weird thing it just felt like normal to me but um So firstly, I have to come down the stairs to a particular piece of music, which is the Christmas song. And the Christmas song was written by Mel Torme, who's a fine vocalist, but I prefer Nat King Cole's version, so we have to play that. Has to be played. Has to be played. And also it has to be a particular bar that I open the door so that I can see the presents, which even now are put out on Christmas Eve by Father Christmas, um, rather than beforehand, to maintain the illusion of surprise. Yeah. And then uh, my mum dresses up in what retrospectively might be seen to be an unusual outfit. Can I interrupt here? Do you mind? Mm. It's fair to say that the first day I spent with uh, Beth on Christmas Day, when we'd been going out a couple of years, maybe a year, I saw what your mum was wearing and I sauntered over to Beth and said, why is your mum dressed like a Victorian ghost? Because she has this big 
It's quite voluminous. Voluminous. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They need, it needs a train behind it. There's just this big dress and she sort of wafts around in it. And you, I swear to God, you went, what do you mean? Yeah. It didn't seem weird. It seemed normal because that's what she always wore. Your mum looks like Queen fucking Victoria. What's going on? Yeah. It's great to have Christmas traditions. So that still happens, doesn't it? And uh, every Christmas morning, uh, Beth has to go downstairs. Uh, Your mother is dressed up. Now, there is a point to this story, which is you told David Mitchell about this, didn't you? Once in the pub. Um... Yeah, because David Mitchell also really likes Christmas. I just, I like Christmases and sandwiches. He really likes Christmas and we had a chat about it. But then I think my enthusiasm made him realise that perhaps he didn't like Christmas as much as he thought he did. Yes. So he kind of came away, I think, thinking I was a bit of a weirdo. And then what did he do? Well, I, I mean, I don't know that it's definitely oh, it's, it's inspired by it. It's pretty uncanny. It's pretty uncanny. There's an episode of Peep Show <laughs> where Sophie... It's her birthday rather than Christmas, but yes. there's some funny outfits. And has, to, has to wear her birthday dress, doesn't she? Yes. And? And also they have to sing a song. <laughs> she has to walk in specifically to a specific song. Yeah. Bearing in mind the timeline of this, Beth, the chronology of yeah, this. Yeah, yeah. Turning up on Peep Show. I know David didn't write Peep Show, but... He never told me that that was true, so, you know. All right, okay, good caveat. It's just an urban myth. It's, it's an urban myth in this household. It's yeah. a, It's... <laughs> It's a very, 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 very niche myth. We like to listen to toast And we're not the kind who would boast And even in spite of the host We still like to listen to toast La, 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 la Hello and welcome along. This is My Mate Bought a Toaster. My name's Tom Price and my guest today is the wonderful stand-up comedian Angela Barnes. Hello. Hello, Tom Price. Well, it's nice to see you in the flesh. Nice and to be in the flesh with like, other people. Like here, like you can breathe in my COVID, I can breathe in your COVID. Yeah, we're totally exchanging COVID. Gosh. It's lovely. That, that What we've just said is going to age really badly if we now both get. <laughs> um, what else have we got here? A lovely Goodman's 1960s vintage style digital and FM radio. Again, oh, yep. silencing the noises. Yep, yep, absolutely. Um, RJM Ladies Chunky Knit Rudolph Reindeer Slipper Socks. Okay, so that's my Christmas thing. So I'm a bit of a Christmas nut because my dad was. My dad was. My dad's house would just look like Christmas had vomited on it. Uh, it just, and all the tacky stuff. It just loved, loved, loved it. And he died very suddenly in 2008 and he was only 60. Oh, sorry. And for the first couple of years, I just didn't want Christmas in my life at yeah, all. Like yeah. I just couldn't countenance Christmas without him. Mm. And, and without the silly things he would do. And what he would do, because we never had much money growing up, you know, but what he would do, he would buy you really silly things, but it'd be funny. So you'd get different little presents and you'd get, like, once I was over 18, you'd get, like, a, a bottle of booze of some description and it'd be, like, from, from Santa Claus written on it, like he was pissed. You know? And you'd get a present from Frosty the Snowman, you'd get a present from the Sugar Plum Fairy, oh. and then you'd get a present from, because my dad ran a sex shop for a living, so when you're old enough, you get a present from Sexy Santa, right? Which would be like some chocolate nipples or penis pasta or something. Like, it, wouldn't, you know, it wasn't buying me a dildo for Christmas. It wasn't that. No, uh, no, but, that would know, feel just wrong. something a bit cheeky. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and, and he just loved, he loved just thinking about all these little things. And it was, a load of it was tapped. It didn't matter. And it was just glorious fun being yeah. around my dad at Christmas. Yeah. And so about the first couple of years, I just couldn't face any of it. And um, and then I was like, right, I think the only answer is you take over the mantle. Like, you just have to now Go do in, that. double down. Go in, double down yeah, on this. Yeah. You know, if he's not going to do it, you've got to do it. And so um, whoever happens to be 
we happen to have Christmas with. We'll get all those little presents from, you know, Santa and Santa Claus and all the <laughs> sugar plum fairy and everything. Good. But one of the things I love doing is on Christmas Eve, everyone gets a pair of slipper socks or um, slippers uh, that they can then put on on Christmas Eve. Okay. Oh, that's my. That's just a little tradition that I've kind of that's my so little nice. thing. I didn't want it all to be my You're dad. You're adding to all your dad's thing. given you though. Yeah. And that's what he would love, right? That's yeah, the thing you exactly. always have to remember how much they'd love it. Exactly. So oh, yeah, Christmas. everyone gets. I sometimes think... I'll knit them or crochet them if I've got time, but usually I buy them. Part of the beauty of Christmas is the melancholy that comes with it. Passing yeah. time, people who are no longer there with you, but also I like that you have to double down. You have to dig into that and, and yeah. lean in hard into it and go for it and do what your past relatives did. And yeah. new stuff for you. You must have, does your dad run a sex shop? Does that mean every time you go into Ann Summers, you're like, oh, it reminds me of daddy. <laughs> oh, daddy. <laughs> <laughs> when did you first become aware that your dad ran a sex shop? Well, he didn't. Um, so for comedy purposes, I've talked about it as if he had the sex shop when I was a kid. Right, that's of course. quite funny. Yeah, you it's know? good 10 minutes in that. Yeah, exactly. Sure. Having to do a stock take with your dad, you know, whatever. <laughs> take your daughter to work day, all that sort of stuff. But the truth is he didn't actually um, do that till I was an adult, well, a right. young adult, late teens, I think. Right. Um, which all it actually meant was uh, suddenly I had a lot of friends that were guys. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> suddenly started hanging around. Because the... I mean, this was in the sort of early 2000s, maybe late night. So it's before streaming services. Yeah. So, uh, like, they were, porn was expensive from a sex shop. You know, yeah. DVDs were expensive, but the markup was insane. They'd buy yeah. the DVDs in for, like, a quid and oh sell them for God. 50. Oh, my God. So to my friends, it was like it was like dirty supermarket sweep. My dad would just go, <laughs> oh, just help yourself to whatever you want. So I'd take friends to the shop. And the shop was, I mean, it wasn't a classy one. You mentioned Anne Summers. It wasn't. No. It right. was in Great Yarmouth. Right? <laughs> okay. It was, and it had like a door at the back by the car park if you didn't want to be seen going in the front. You could go wow. Like, it was pretty. That's good and it to was, know. it Useful. was kind of, it was a lot of, um, during the summer, it was a lot of Holly Demakers, hemp parties, that sort of people going. Yeah. But in the winter, it was a bleak place. Oh. And my dad used to, it used to be open till eight o'clock on a Saturday. Yeah. And quite often the customers would be, um, in the winter, they'd be turkey pluckers from Bernard Matthews, right? And they're the, these guys that are like seasonal workers. They come down, they're on their own, they're staying in shitty bedsits or B&Bs or whatever. And they want to watch filth. They want to watch filth. And so they'd all be in there and I, like you'd, you'd go in the shop on a Saturday evening they'd all just be standing my dad would have made them all a cup of tea oh, while they're, you know, just sort of browsing, just browsing, swapping the, you know, that was good. That was, And it was just, it was mad. Oh it was God. a bit mad. But it was a little bit bleak, you know. And sometimes... Like, I never worked in the shop, but sometimes my dad might go, oh, can you just hold a thought? I'm going to nip mm. out and get a cup of tea or, what? you know, go and do something. And then someone browsing would be like, excuse me, have you got any anal gangbangs? <laughs> um, <laughs> what would you say? Like, particularly, uh, there was a certain, like, hen dudes, whatever, was fine, but mm. a guy would come in, see mm. me, and then just turn around and go out again. Oh. like, oh, no, that's not... Derek with my dad. That's not Derek. I can't. I can't yeah. talk to an actual lady. Yes. Um, you know, yes. and we'd just not be able to deal with it. Oh my god! It was. A, it was. It was a sort of. It was a fun play. You know, and had a lot of fun taking friends there and stuff. But it. Mm. It was bleak as well. Yes. It was, but it does uh, make me think I should do a my mate bought a toaster version with your pawn shop receipt. Yeah. <laughs> Find us on Twitter and Instagram. At Toaster Pot is the name we're trying to jam. It's simple like a sunny filled with cheese and ham. At Toaster Pot, at Toaster Pot, at Toaster Pot, I swear it's not a scam, I think. 15th of December 2017, someone's been Christmas shopping. They have bought some gel toe spreaders. Well, that's going to look lovely under the tree, isn't it? What a lovely Christmas present. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I think you'll find if you scroll through a load of the purchases that that's not the only toe spreader purchase. Hey. I think there's quite a few. Um, 
Yes. I had a yes. I don't use them anymore. I see I, them I've both. I've given them up. I I promise. But you know, for a while, the the idea is you stop the carbuncles happening, mm. and it gets you. They're meant to make you walk better. And for a few years, I used them, and they get used up quite quickly because they go a bit. Yeah, <laughs> that's, a tr- that's a tricky wash in the in the in the understairs sink. What, well, what are you they, doing? They're there? not nice, really. So you chuck them away and get some more. Right. <clears throat> but in the end, I felt that I was better doing toe exercises. Oh my god, I love it. There's so I many. Look, yes, do yes, yes, every yes. day. I really? I instead I do these toe exercises, which feels a better way around. Hang on, How, why why do you need to do toe exercises? Does it because toes affect everything, don't they? They're tiny. But if someone was to take one toe off me now, I'd never walk the same again. Yeah, balance. It's to do with balance. I I had a, a lot of back trouble, mm-hmm. and then I I uh, more recently I I fell and in in an annoying way when you're not wearing wide enough shoes and your toes are compromised in the toe of the shoe and you've maybe got a bit of pins and needles and you get out you do a dangerous thing mm. like getting out of an armchair mm. you know something as risky as that <laughs> a stunt a stunt and, yeah 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 something like yeah standing up out of an armchair and the and the foot because the toes are not spread and doing their work mm. The toes fold under, so the foot folds under, so the whole of you falls over and breaks your ankle. Yeah, and all because of the toes. Which is what happened to me. All because of those little, that those outer toes not being spread enough. So pointy shoes, yeah. you won't find me having bought any pointy shoes in yeah. there. Yeah. I, is that, Wide-toed shoes. Did, you're not not you're not a winkle pickerer. Did, uh, did you not. break your ankle? I did, yeah. I not um, what do they call it? Fracture uh, a couple of small fractures yeah. on the ankle. This is a bastard thing. Yes. Yeah. yeah, I'm sorry to. I'm not laughing at that, but the description of the toes. It was like I was back in the comedy store watching the watching your character talk about the gut problem. I mean, it was so, you know, there's, there's yeah. comedy mileage in talking in detail at length about physical <laughs> ailments, about really boring <laughs> things. Yes. Welcome to the show. <laughs> <laughs> C and D, get it for myself, for my health, on the cheap. Gotta stay in shape, but I'm so lazy. Cram online, next day delivery. Hello, welcome back. It's my mate, Bought a Toaster. And this week I'm joined by the very, very fabulous Jenny Ryan, a.k.a. I'm sorry to do this, Jenny. You're going to get this all time. It's the Vixen <laughs> off the chase. I mean, you're, you're going to spend the rest of your life being referred to as the Vixen off the chase. How do you feel about that? Um, unless I do something to warrant a, a different nickname. That's true. <laughs> I mean, I'm not, I'm not saying I'm going to go and be a serial killer. But it's a good idea. I mean, that's possibly the only thing that could yeah. that could wash the the vixen away. It's <laughs> the lady who drowned cats on YouTube. Whatever, yeah, whatever it is. However angry you get with the vixen off the chase. Uh, but listen, I'm really excited to have you on, and you, I've been on your podcast, so I feel like we've we've sort of pod met before. Yes. Um, and I hadn't occurred to me. I've watched the chase a few times. It hadn't occurred to me how. Uh, massively famous you are until I was with my I was having a drink with my friend Ian yesterday and we were talking about the podcast and I said I've got Jenny Ryan on tomorrow and I was about to say she's the vixen off the chase and he lost his mind (laughs) Jenny he lost his mind I've never seen anything like it so I feel like I'm interviewing a proper like rock star today I'm, I'm suddenly a bit nervous about interviewing you and I wasn't before I had my drink with Ian yesterday 
yeah I, I wouldn't be nervous about interviewing me don't worry about it um okay. I, i'm not i'm not a celebrity in my own mind i find it no. very weird here's a good one uh, for you jenny and this is what you know everyone wants at christmas 16th of december 2014 um you've got a whole bunch of things my favorite definitely is the toy bag guide to basic rope bondage all oh, right that so that's why the um the, the scissors were there so you uh-huh. can also see there's some shibari rope Oh, yeah, you've bought some Japanese yeah. silk bondage rope. So and, as a yeah. gift, I've done a little uh, beginner's bondage, rope bondage kit. For your stepdad or? No. <laughs> Don't start. <laughs> can, we, can we ask who you bought it for? Um, yeah, someone who never used it. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I seemed absolutely baffled by it. <laughs> wow. Wow, that is not a present that... That you want to be uh, sort of met with a dead, uh, dead because I'm, I'm, one of, I'm one of those people who will remember any reference that someone's someone's making. So I, if if someone's mentioned something that specific, I'll be like, right, noted. <laughs> Next time I have to buy something, there we go. So obviously, someone had shown an interest or or uh, made a comment about it, or mm. or it was a joke from earlier in the year. Yeah, wasn't quite appreciated. As I love it. Person. I love it when those jokes go wrong. Also, <laughs> I'm assuming that person opened it in front of their family, which must have been perfect. I hope so. <laughs> what have you got, darling? Nothing. Nothing. <laughs> when they're looking through your shopping history and they don't understand it, you have been bought red-handed. Um. All right, let's look at the next one. Okay. Nah, okay. Fine. Like, for the. For the benefit of you listening at home, Mark has bought some deluxe folding handcuffs. Of course deluxe. Do I look like a peasant? <laughs> I don't know what costume you were wearing, maybe. Do I seem like... <laughs> do I seem like I would get budget folding handcuffs? <laughs> nah. Nah. I, well, I, this is the first time we've caught Mark Watson stuck. <laughs> look, we've all got kinks, but being handcuffed is not mine because... It seems extremely inconvenient, and I don't generally get off on having a more inconvenient life than I would be if I wasn't having sex. So, um, exactly what happened here. I don't think I'd ever have a kink which involved just being in a troublesome situation, basically, because a lot of my life is that. Um, <laughs> be a great kink, though, if you're already turned on by <laughs> troublesome situations. <laughs> oh, be a God, great kink, yeah. Car's broken down. Oh, my train's oh. been cancelled. I like it, though. I- it would arguably be the best kink you could possibly have because you'd be turned on many times a day. Oh, ah, you'd get thrown off a bus replacement hell. service so I've got quickly. to pay my credit card bill. Hang on. Um, <laughs> no, I, um, what I'm going to claim, obviously, is that this went along with the police tape and this is another thing that was part of the... But I don't know how plausible that is because you... Can, you can imagine having police tape at a murder mystery party. You don't normally actually handcuff the culprit and take them to a prison. Um, Especially when you're playing with your mum. Right, mum, you pop those on. That's very weird. Well, um, Given that my mum is in the equation, though, this is the only explanation that I can really stomach. Particularly enjoyable are the reviews of the handcuffs, if we scroll down. Obviously, there's a lot of um, AQAs as well. Uh, Mark, if you want to take some of these. Are these yeah. real or toys? According to this guy, they are real. They handcuffs. are real handcuffs. So you do... I, I've got a, I've got, I was going to say I've got to hold my hands up, but you can't, of course, in that situation. Um, <laughs> I didn't mean to do that. A bit of fun. Bit of fun. Handcuff ad lib. It's Thursday night of latitude, and we're still what rushing. lovely stuff. You can't oh, write that stuff. Most of that cheer came from those guys down there who also. Oh my god! Hang on, sorry. Guys- Look at this image of the person wearing it. I feel very ill. Nice. 
I mean, you do start to ask yourself why, whether I did buy these for a party because there's no doubt these are real handcuffs. Like, I'm, there's a, so there's a, a white, tattooed, hairy hand. I'm thinking it's a man's hand. Um, and all, it's, it just looks... It looks, I don't know, it looks I, like evidence, basically. <laughs> I've I, I, I got to admit, looking at, these, looking at this item, these don't look like handcuffs that you'd have fun with. It looks like I actually did try to start my own police force or something. Um, okay to begin the review from G Morgan. Now, this, this review is quite something by the look of it. Arrived in a thin cardboard box, <laughs> but handcuffs have a good weight to them and keys were of a standard design. Checked both keys worked on both locks. So quickly, the keys were of standard design is amazing. This isn't <laughs> the guy's first time buying handcuffs. <laughs> Worked well for the first two occasions. Third, disaster. <laughs> One key shredded and snapped whilst trying to free her. And I, I would just remind you again, this is another person's user review. This is sure. nothing to do with me. All right, G. Morgan Watson. <laughs> I even read instructions where it states no excessive force to be used when turning the key. Thank God I had a hacksaw and the other spare key unlocked anchor. This is amazing stuff. In terms of items that could have the review great to begin with and then two stars, you don't want it to be handcuffs, I don't think. You want them to be working throughout the experience. My God. Look at and these. Imagine writing a sentence like, thankfully I had a hacksaw so I was able to free her. Right, send. <laughs> I'll just put that on the world's most popular website, I reckon. Did you leave your name on it, darling? Of course I didn't. Oh, fuck. Yes, I did. G Morgan. Uh, by the way, and I could be lying about this, but I'm not. Oh, this uh, is good. This it is... occurs to me that I know someone called G Morgan. Oh, come on. It can't be him. But, but also, does he live at a former address? I'm, I'm just picturing him doing that, and I don't find it impossible. Carry on. Uh, Switch says, good for price, but could be better. Could Pretty be better. good handcuffs. And this is also bought 9th of May 2021, during lockdown. As if you're not already restricted enough. <laughs> Yeah. Who is handcuffing themselves oh, during lockdown? Might as well lop a leg off as well, <laughs> I don't uh, Had to knock off a couple of stars, though, as the safety locks have come a little loose and accidentally tightened them painfully when trying them once. I have only worn them casually for short periods. That's... <laughs> I don't think handcuffs are casual wear, are they? You're thinking of a polo shirt, mate. It's my It's series five of My Mate Bought a Toaster complete. We are done, but fear not. I will be back in but a few weeks, maybe two, maybe three weeks with a brand new series. Series seven of My Mate Bought a Toaster is coming along. So if you haven't already, please subscribe. Please give us a like. Please give us a cheeky little five-star review. Um, That always helps new people discover the show. And I'll be back in a couple of weeks with new episodes. One of which, uh, about 10 minutes ago, I just finished recording. It was very good. Oh, I'm excited for you to listen to that. Uh, So that will be coming very soon. Probs at the beginning of June. In the meantime, all the best. Thanks for coming, kind regards. We like to listen to toast And we're not the kind who would boast And even in spite of the host We still like to listen to toast La 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 50 is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. 
Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns.